Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Phil Mackey. You called him the little guy. I don't know why you have to pick on his physical appearance. Huh? I don't. He's a good-looking guy. Judd Zolgad. Grumpy SOB. Mm-hmm. He's a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. This is the pecking order. Today's topic, the bucket list sports venues. Here are Mackie and Judd. All right, give us some background here, Judd Zolgad. So you, yes, we're, we're both going on trips this weekend. I'm going to Vegas. You're nice. going to I'm going, Boston. I'm going to Boston, and, and for the first time in my 48 years on this fine planet, I'm going to get to see Fenway Park. I've never been to Fenway Park before. So this is a bucket list item. Awesome. Do you guys already have tickets or Stadia. what? Yes, yes, we do. We're going uh, Saturday and Sunday against the M's. Okay. So we're, we're all set, but uh, it gotten to the point in my life where I've decided I really want to see this place. I'm 48, you know, so I'm not old, but you never know. Sure. And plus, F- Fenway Park will be around, I think, now since they've certainly redone it for a while, but it probably won't be around forever. So between yep. the combination of all those things, I said... I better take it seriously. So I'm finally going to get to get a chance to see Fenway Park. And okay. that's where I got the idea for bucket list sports v- venues that I want to go to. Same for you. And places where we still say, you know what? It would be really cool to see a game there. It'd be really cool just to be there. So that's where the idea came from, that I'm finally going to be able to cross Fenway Park off my bucket list. Awesome. And uh, I I was able to go behind. I went to a game a few years ago. One of my friends works for the Red Sox. And after the game was over, he took us behind the wall. And we got to, like, sign the wall oh, nice. and do the photos and stuff. And it's very cool. Love it. Uh, who goes first this week? Is it you or I me? I think I do. All right. I think I go. Fire away. So, so sports venues on your personal bucket, bucket list, list that yes. you've never been to. Yes. Number 10 on my list, uh, and, and I've got a couple baseball parks that aren't old here, but I'd love to get to. Number 10 on my list, AT&T Park in San Francisco, oh, it's the, it's, which I've heard is fantastic. Gorgeous yeah. view, great ballpark. And Tar- I've seen it, but I've never been in it. Target Field is amazing, but I think AT&T Park is the best combination of like stadium sort of... Like just the stadium stuff, concession stands and space, and and then ocean. Yeah, which so it's, is, it's a double. Yes. it's a double whammy. Yeah, it's amazing. So AT and T uh, Park in San Francisco is my number ten. Number nine, I don't care about the sport one bit, and, and ultimately I might get bored, but I think this place would, would be awesome to see. Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Okay, for the race there. I think going to. And because I don't care about r- racing itself per se, but I do think that that the place, yard. the brickyard, I do think on on the day of the race would be incredibly cool to at least be there for part of it. Yeah. So, so five hundred uh, did that with Chris Long and his family who go every year a few years ago, and it's definitely 
not my in terms of like just sitting there watching a race for three or four hours. It's not something I would do on a regular basis, but as a one-time bucket list item and taking the whole weekend in. Yep. Absolutely cool. worth it. Absolutely so worth like it. So dump, yes. like a dumpy play sort of or what? I wouldn't say dumpy. No, I mean, it's a... Well, I don't know. There's people getting wasted on the infield lawn and there's like Brett Michaels concerts and stuff. So it can it can be dumpy in that there's just beer cans everywhere. But sure. yeah, it's not, it, it's not like you're walking into Target Field sort of pristine brand new feel no it's a yeah it's but it's got character track. yes okay yes number eight on my list college basketball v- venue also in in the indianapolis area butler's hinkle field house okay butler three for three on your list right now. it's a small <laughs> it's a small place it's where hoosiers was shot which I, I still to this day have not seen hoosiers but it looks like an incredibly cool place to see a college basketball game and college basketball, as flawed as the sport is now, I, I think the arenas are still cool. Like, the NBA are basically what? They're all big places now. They're all... I, I don't know that there's a lot of uh, NBA arenas with character left. I think mm-hmm. college basketball still has that. So, Hinkle Fieldhouse is number eight on my list. You could knock that and uh, Indy off on the same same day if you wanted to. That might be fun. Mm-hmm. Number seven on my list... Another ballpark that's not old, but I, I've been told along with AT&T Park that this is a, a must-see stadium, PNC Park in Pittsburgh. It's got the great view. I guess it's fantastic. Royce told me, I want to say Royce said that, that his top three or, or his top two are PNC and AT&T Field. Mm-hmm. So PNC Park in Pittsburgh, which I've seen while covering a Vikings game, but again, never been inside. So number seven. Yep. Number six on my list. Another another event that I'm not a huge fan of, but it would be incredibly cool, Kentucky Derby, Churchill Downs. That would be just a party there. Looks outstanding. Would you... Uh... What kind of, that would be a bucket list for would sure. You, would you wear a hat and a suit? Could we see Judd Zilgad dressed up, drinking yeah. a mojito? Yeah, Don, Don could, could wear the hat. I'm sure we'd have lots and lots of drinks, shockingly. Uh, <laughs> yes, I could definitely see that. nice. Yeah, exactly right. Kentucky Derby at Churchill Downs is number six on my list. Uh, number five, this is going to sound possibly sort of weird, but but I think as a cultural experience, it would be really cool, watching the English national football team at Wembley Stadium. All right. Now, Wembley's been redone or rebuilt, so it's not the old one, but I think that that whole experience What about watching the Jaguars really, really and the cool. Titans at Wembley? No, you, you will notice I did not say a how, National Football League game. How about the Browns and Bills? No, 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 no. I do not want to see American football in <laughs> Wembley Stadium. I have no interest in seeing a National Football League game. But I, I think watching the English National Soccer League team would actually be lots of fun right. at Wembley Stadium. Number four, very specific bucket list item for me here, but a Saturday night game at the Bell Center in Montreal watching the Canadians play. It's not the old forum, but a Saturday night game in Montreal as a hockey fan I still think would be an incredibly cool experience. What's the oldest arena in the NHL right now? Oh, that's a good question because they tore all the cool ones down for, for the most part. Boston's gone, Buffalo's gone, Montreal is gone, Detroit just... The, the oldest was the Joe in Detroit, which got replaced this past year. I don't even know it at this point, okay. but there's no... I don't think there's... Madison a, Square Garden, maybe? Yeah, and that just got redone as well. That m- might be it. So, Intern Max says yes. It yes, is okay. MSG. But yeah, there's no there's no hockey building left that has a ton of character to it. But I think a Saturday night game in Montreal would be incredibly cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. Number three, where I'm going this weekend, Fenway Park. is still on my list until that gets crossed off, until I actually land there. 
No guarantees in life, of course. So number three is Fenway Park. You never know. You never know what could happen, right? I mean, I mean, there's a lot of the plane. Exactly. You got you got my health, the Uber. You, exactly. You got the bars. Drive to the. Oh, they'll be fine. The bar, the bars I trust. No, I'm saying you might not be able to get out of it. Oh, good point. Okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, all good points for why it remains on my bucket oh, list until man. it's officially crossed off. <laughs> Number two. And this is not going to be a unique one, but I do think it would be fabulous to spend a weekend at Augusta National watching the Masters. Yeah. The Masters would be really cool. You can't tell me it wouldn't be. And I'd love to see the town. The the food is well-priced. Yeah, and I guess the town is is a dump, so the juxtaposition of being out in this town where it's sort of a dump and then going into this venue where everyone is, you know, basically talking in hushed tones... I think the Masters would be a really cool. I feel like place the, the fact go. that you couldn't bring your phone, and if you blink the wrong way, they'll but just you carry you out. And I'm just saying once. I just would like to do it once. I think it'd be a lot of fun to say you've been. Could you bring your wife? Do they now even... you can. Okay, yeah, good. you can bring your you can bring your wife now. <laughs> There's only one way to watch the Masters, Jed. How's that? On CBS. Jim Nance, my master. I get to meet Jim Nance again, or get to say hi to Jim Nance again. So anyway. The Masters is number two. And number one, and this is going to surprise you guys, I'm guessing, but number one on my list, because I think this would be from the tailgating to the game itself to the stadium, I think this would be an incredibly cool experience. Miller Park. <laughs> That's the, right. With the home roof, of the with, Milwaukee Brewers. With the roof closed, and it's <laughs> raining outside, and you know there's going to be a ball game. But you can play bags in the parking lot. Yeah. Give me another Miller Lite and then fire up the car because we're driving home. Oh, is it cargo shorts and jerseys day? Nope. It's just a Brewers game. Yep. Anyways. All right. Number one, tailgating. (laughs) Number one on my list, Saturday night game at Tiger Stadium, LSU in Baton Rouge. Wow. I think an SEC. I think an SEC. number one on your list. Yes. I think an SEC. For someone who's grown up with crappy college football, from a bad program to a place where they played the majority of my life in an indoor stadium in downtown. And when I see a guy like Scoggins, who just loves the mm-hmm. SEC, Saturday night football, he raves about it, and I have no idea what he's talking about. I honestly mm-hmm. think if you put all those components together, a game at Tiger Stadium, LSU, and Baton Rouge on a Saturday night would be would be an experience that would leave me saying, oh my God, this is... This is what college football should be. I don't know. I went to a Gophers Ball State game once at the Metrodome in like 2002. 19,000 Rockets fans. How was it? Pretty close. Pretty close. And you chanted, Fire Mason. Not an 02. Not an 02. That wasn't until okay. 07. That was a couple of years later. 06. A few years later. So go through your list again. Okay. Uh, from one, a Saturday night game at Tiger Stadium, LSU in Baton Rouge. Number two, Augusta National for the Masters. Number three, Fenway Park, which I hope to cross off this weekend. Number four, a Saturday night game hockey game at the Bell Center in Montreal. Number five, watching the England national football team at Wembley Stadium. Mm -hmm. Number six, Kentucky Derby Churchill Downs. Number seven, PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Number eight, a college basketball game at Hinkle Fieldhouse in Butler. Number nine, Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the 500. And finally, AT&T Park in San Francisco for a Giants game. Let's see. uh, I've been to four of them on your list. And we match one on our list of 10. Okay. So I'll give you my bucket list when we come back. And Jason Stark will join us in about 
15, 20 minutes or so. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That is good news. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Gentlemen, the moment has finally arrived. On 1500 ESPN. This is the pecking order. Today's topic, the bucket list sports venues. Here are Mackie and Judd. Alrighty, yes. So this all stems from Judd's going to cross off Fenway Park from his sports venue bucket list this weekend. Um... I don't know. I'm I'm gonna cross off one of those one of those arenas. We're gonna go to. Uh, I think the Lynx are in Vegas this weekend. So we might go catch catch Lynx in really? Vegas. Go see. Oh, nice. Go see uh, if they can beat the expansion team. But run through your list, your bucket list. Okay. Venues list here again. One one through ten is Saturday night game at LSU's Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge is my top one. Augusta National for the Masters. Fenway Park, which as you just said, I will cross off. Number four, Saturday night game at the Belsley Stadium. Number six, Kentucky Derby uh, at Churchill Downs. Number seven, PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Number eight, Little Hinkle Field House for a Butler basketball game. Number nine, Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the 500. And number 10, AT&T Park in San Francisco. Awesome. Uh, so you and I, uh, we match on one of these. And you've been to I've been to four. I've four? been to okay. four on your list. I've been to Hinkle Field House. Nice. The Brickyard, AT&T Park. And Fenway Park, you tell me how many you've been to on my list, okay. starting with this one, number 10. All right. Camden Yards. There's not that many. Ba- I mean, I haven't been to all the baseballs. I've been to about half the stadiums in the league. Uh-huh. And there's a few that I could take or leave, like Marlins Park. I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, no. I agree with you. It doesn't matter. Um, Camden I, Yards is great. I've been Camden there Yards, PNC, times. Petco would probably be on my list. I'd love to go to Petco at some point. I've never been to San Diego, so I'd love just just get some sunshine and... Watch some bad baseball, which the Padres mostly play. Camden Yards is fantastic. Uh, number nine, my list is going to be a little more eclectic than Judd's, just based on the nature of our probably personalities and what we have a taste for. So number nine would be Plaza de Toros, the running of the Bulls stadium slash area in Pamplona, Spain. Never been to that one. Now, I wouldn't want to be... One of the guys running away from I'm a bull. Say what you're going but it'd be in. kind of fun to be like hovering over oh, a railing, gosh. watching what's going on, and just seeing all the chaos. <laughs> Nothing like a good goring. You know what? And keep me keep me at least 15 <laughs> feet away from the goring. I don't want to get blood splattered on my white I'll linen pants. I'll watch that on TV. I'll watch. I'll watch the goring on television. But just to see kind of the the atmosphere. Hey, he's dead. <laughs> now he's dead too. Uh, number eight on my sports venue bucket list. And actually, this I, I could count this either as just watching or I'd love to be part of this. The 17th hole at TPC Sawgrass. Never mm-hmm. been, and it would love to. I'd love to take a stab at that island green at some point. Uh, so that's number eight on my list. Okay. Number seven, I don't think Judd's going to have any idea what this is. I'm hoping Dave remembers what this is. And it's dormant right now, but there's always a chance. We'd love to bring things back from our, from our glory days. Roman Coliseum? That's actually fourth on my list. <laughs> but I know what that is. So so Roman Coliseum is fourth on my list. <laughs> skipping ahead. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's I, I thought you wanted to see the Christians and the Lions go at it. No. Okay. <laughs> the Lions stink. They always stink. <laughs> They're always bad. <laughs> they were getting beat back in the Roman Empire. They're poorly days, coached. They don't draft well. And sometimes they'd be okay in the early portions yeah. of the proceedings, but then they would always choke it away late. They get to the first so one. back nostalgically, historically, as the top sports venue what would be second on that list the dome 
The Metrodome? Yeah. No. You're... I mean, it hosted all the, you know, Super Bowl, Final Four, you're in the right World era. Series, all of them. You're in the right era, like the glory days, similar era. Kingdome, Astrodome? Uh, what are those? The Extreme Arena for Nickelodeon's guts with the aggro crag boiling over. You're right. I have no idea what you're talking you have no, about. Do you have, Dave, do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Yeah, I didn't have Nickelodeon as a kid, so oh, it's not it's not fresh in my mind. I know the show you're speaking of, <laughs> um, but to call this li- list eclectic, um, it just got kind of silly. But you've never seen the show, so you don't... No, I've, I've seen, you know I've seen bits about. and pieces, but I certainly was not an avid watcher. The aggro crag. I'll let you look that up if you want to. You probably won't, though, because... You guys are lame, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, the girl. Extreme Arena. Max when is I, trying to find it. When I was a kid, watching Guts on TV was like, oh my god! Like you, you wanted to compete in Guts. You wanted to be in the arena. And the guy, the, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like been an actor for twenty years now. Was the host Ninja Warrior, but for kids okay. in this Extreme Arena. And you guys are looking at me like I'm an alien. Oh, I don't that's know fine. No, no, no. So we'll move know. on. I'd rather do American Gladiators if we're talking TV yeah. arenas. Honorable I don't know mention. about it. I don't know about Honorable it. Mention. I'm not passing Take judgment Take on Nitro here. in a good game of assault. Let's go. <laughs> uh, that would be fun, too. It would be fun, too. <laughs> Number six is the only one we match on, which is LSU, Tiger Stadium, Death Valley, yep. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I wanted to pick one college football venue from the South, and that's the one that's the most sort of unique. They've got the yard lines in increments of five. Uh, it's 110,000 people. And obviously, they're a really good program. So mostly all drunk, it'd be great fun. Correct. Number five, Estadio Azteca for a U.S. versus Mexico game in Mexico City Hmm. with like 95,000 fans mostly trying to fight you, probably. I don't know. I don't know if it gets violent there or not. But just watching one of the probably regionally the biggest soccer rival, not counting like once you get down to Brazil versus Argentina. But the passion for the sport would would be really fun to watch. Exactly. And a vested interest watching the U.S. team. Sure. Uh, Number four, Roman Coliseum, even though it's not active anymore. I've never been there. I'd like to just go see what it looks like in person. Okay, uh, now we get to the top three. Number three is Madison Square Garden. I've never been to Madison Square Garden, but very specifically, I want to see a meaningful Knicks game so I want to see Sasquatch <laughs> My at Madison away. Square Garden. I, I saw it. So we, we went to a Knicks-Sixers game probably about eight eight years ago before they redid it. Yeah. And it was truly had become basically a dump. And then I went to a Rangers game a couple years back, and it's very nice now. Okay. So it's a nice place. But yes, the, the, uh, the passion for basketball there is really cool to see. Yeah, and they've just been so poorly run. So I'd love to see, I don't know, like an NBA Finals game, Knicks and Lakers mm-hmm. or something, just some pipe dream that we can't even fathom. Uh, number two, this is another one that Judd will have no idea. You might know the place. Dave has an outside chance. Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. Where they have all kinds of it's a, it's a theater, but specifically, this is where ECW lived in the late '90s, and then eventually later on in like the 2000s. Yeah, Extreme Championship Wrestling when wrestling was on the rise 20 years ago, and they'd have barbed wire matches and ladder matches, and it, it's it's a venue of 3,000 people all on top of the ring or whatever's being performed in the middle of the uh, of the ballroom. Okay. Uh, old school Hammerstein Ballroom in New York is on my list. That sounds cool. And number one, either for a spectator or just to, to play it, St. Andrew's Lynx, the home of golf in Scotland, mm-hmm. right along the North Sea, uh, the old course. There's seven courses. I'd love to play the, the old course. And I believe it's public. I think you can just go pay a couple hundred bucks and golf the old course or golf any of their seven courses. I think so. You get your little caddy, too. 
Oh, they give you a caddy? I'm pretty sure you have a caddy. So that would be fun. Well, that's yeah, a nice little bonus. Mock you when you hit that ten on the eighteenth hole. I'd love to hit a ball in the ocean. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. So St. Andrews oh, yeah, number one, uh, Hammerstein Ballroom number two, Madison Square Garden number three for a meaningful Knicks game, the Roman Coliseum, Estadio Azteca for a U.S. Mexico game in Mexico City, uh, Death Valley slash LSU Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. The Nickelodeon Guts Extreme Arena from my childhood, because I want to throw it back a little to my childhood. <laughs> the 17th at TPC Sawgrass, Plaza de Toros for the running of the Bulls in Pamplona, and Camden Yards. That's my bucket list sports venues that I have not Fairly eclectic. Yet. You are correct about that. That's pretty good. Altered. I oh, that's my adulthood still. Okay. Yeah, they, they combine. There's nothing from my your childhood, childhood that like, could still exist. Or, I mean, Tiger Stadium, but they tore that. Yeah, they, not, say, is that still standing? And it's just no, like, it's gone now. Okay, it's gone now. I think they left up. I think they left up a piece of, of it at the corner there, yeah. but it's gone. I was gonna say, when it comes to, to hockey and baseball stadiums, most of the places bucket list wise that I, I would want to go to are either Fenway Park, Wrigley, which I've been to, Dodger Stadium, or they're gone now. And hockey's definitely gone. Thank you, Heather, by the way. What did Heather say? Host Michael Malley. Michael Malley was the host of Guts. He did those ESPN Sports Center commercials in like the late nineties too. Oh see, yeah. See the younger audience. You you guys you guys know. Michael what Guts Malley is. was the Rick, right? The Rick, yes. The Wearing Rick. a Boston he, Bruins jersey. Yeah, referring to himself. Why do I remember person. Why do I remember that? Because you I mean, watch, what's that you doing watch in my ESPN brain? all day. What good is that doing me right now in my head? Uh, Jason Stark will join us when we come back. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Happy? Yeah, happy. On 1500 ESPN. Bill Mackey. It's the worst thing I do at ESPN. Judd Zolgad. I just want to drink and watch TV. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Now, now, with MLB Network contributor and senior baseball writer with The Athletic, Jason Stark. Brought to you by Grundhoffer's Old Fashioned Meats. Bring the excitement of Grundhoffer's to your next cookout. All right, Jason Stark, our friend from The Athletic, from Baseball Stories on Stadium TV, MLB Network. We just did a couple segments. So Judd's going to go to Fenway Park this weekend for the first time. And and it got us talking about our sports venue bucket list items. Um, Where do you do it? Do you have like whether it's an official list or baseball related, non-baseball related things that you still want to check off your your sports venue bucket list, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. I I would love to go to the Masters. (laughs) I I can't even explain to you why I would. There's just something about it. You know, one day a few years ago, Tigers Clubhouse and Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer had just played it. And um, they were telling me about it, telling me about the course. And it just got me thinking, you know, just one of those cool places I'd love to go sometime. What about you guys? Yeah, history. Uh, The the baseball stadiums that we still want to check off, well, Fenway for Judd, he put PNC. I've never been to PNC. Or uh, Camden Yards, actually. Never been to Camden Yards. Wow. So those are the baseball ones on the bucket oh, list. Oh, you got to get to those two. I know. Camden's fantastic. Uh, but Judd and I both had LSU's Tiger Stadium for a college football game on our That's list. A good one. Just to, you know, just to soak it all in, 105,000 people 
And uh, and neither one of us have been to Churchill Downs. We put we put that right. on the list yeah, there that's too. That's on mine. That's definitely on mine. Mm-hmm. And Judd's never been to AT and T Park in San Francisco. We said yeah, that's that might be the oh. best in terms of scenery and stadium. That's definitely a must for baseball fans for sure. Wouldn't you agree? Oh my God, yes. Uh, I would say that of the new parks, yep, that is my favorite. And, yeah, you know that's a, that that's saying something too because there's just. There's a bunch of great ones. Why, Jason? Wait. Just common com- combination of things there, or what makes that your favorite of the new parks? AT&T Park. Yeah. Um, all right, I have to admit, I'm I'm a little bit influenced by the fact it's the greatest press box view in baseball. It is, yeah. Yeah, and that's cool. you know that's a big part of it to be down so low, really right behind home plate, right among the people. You really feel the uh, you know the incredible atmosphere there. It, I, I, you know, I've often said that's the that's the best ballpark atmosphere, first pitch to last pitch that I've ever been in, where people care about everything that goes on, first pitch to last pitch. They're totally involved in it, mm-hmm. including between innings. They love all the between inning stuff, the music, and then just the venue itself is spectacular. Um, I love everything about it. I love the vistas. I love the way the the, the sun as it begins to set hits those outfield stands. It's just perfect. It really is. I'm getting misty here, Stark. <laughs> You're making me misty. Yeah, you. No, I wish I was going west yeah. instead of east. Hey, so what? What was when when you started in the business? What was the first ballpark that you you got a chance to go to that that you just said, "Wow, I'm finally here." Wrigley. No doubt, Wrigley. Um, you know, just one of those mythical type places. And then there I was, and there was that Ivy and, uh, it was real. <laughs> I was really there. Uh, it was, it, it was just one of those out of body experiences that you get sometimes doing what we do. Yeah. We're hoping Miguel Sano feels that way about stadiums in the Florida state league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dunedin. Yeah, yes. I've visited there before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearwater's um, great. When you so th- it's pretty unprecedented for a guy who was an all star and one of the best hitters in baseball the first half of last year and career on the rise to be not only demoted to the minor leagues but to just to, to hit the reset button and to be demoted down to single A so that they can just get a better you know get better facilities and a better look at him. So when you saw that news about Miguel Sano, what'd you think, Jason? <laughs> well, first off, I think it sounds worse than it is that sure. he's going to the Florida State League. Um, <laughs> You know, as you just said, the reason he's going there is this is really not just about the the, the baseball part. Um, they've got to get him in shape, right? He like, he's he has not been in shape. I would say at any point all year. Is that fair to say? Yes, um, very fair. You know, the ankle surgery messed up his whole winter. Then he had the hamstring stuff. This is just a guy who needs to hit the reset button. And I, I think he's salvageable, but he he needs he kind of needs an off season and a spring training and a, a trip to the you know the rehab place all in one. Uh, he he needs to get healthy. He needs to find his swing. He needs he needs to get his brain operating in such a way that he can come back. And be that guy you just described, all star last year. It's crazy. Uh, something transpired in baseball yesterday, and I immediately thought of you, Jason Stark. 
I thought to myself, Jason Stark must be jumping up and down in his house with glee right now. Juan Soto hits a home run for Washington in, in a game that was suspended on May 15th, if I'm correct. Yep. And, and that came, that, that came, that game did, or it started before he made his big league debut. I thought to myself, this is so up Jason's alley. It's absolutely a perfect Jason Stark factoid. You think? Oh, I loved it. This is what makes baseball great, Jason. I was actually shooting a baseball story show yesterday, and when I emerged from the taping, uh, I was just bombarded with texts and tweets, and people wanted to know how it was possible for a guy to hit his first big league home run before he debuted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Juan Soto is 19 years old. He's done a lot of stuff that nobody's ever done. Now he has time traveled. Um, so he, but I, I was trying to think this all through. He He's now had a home run for his first major league hit twice. Yes, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. Absolutely correct. Back-to-back games, but except in between he had something like 84 point appearances. Um there's so much great stuff in that game. Uh, Nationals started at wearing one uniform, ended at wearing a different one. Um, uh, Tanaka started for the Yankees, was on the DL by the time the game ended. Uh, Adam Eaton played in this game five weeks after he went on the disabled list, 25 days before he came off the disabled list. Bryce Harper had a beard when the game started. <laughs> Didn't have a beer by the time the game ended. You want me to keep going? You get the idea, right? I, I always find it fascinating, too, like on the reverse end when, and, and I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but can you think of games that where a game got canceled or something before it became official and you had to wipe a couple home runs off the board? Like hit, Hitters hate when that happens. Yeah. I, you know, actually, um, before I went to ESPN, my final day working for the Philadelphia Inquirer, I went to Ken Griffey Jr.'s first game as a Red, and it got rained out. It was a tie. <laughs> so it yep. basically never really happened. Mm-hmm. You know, start, if they start the whole thing over, I, explain this to me. Right? They played seven innings, got rained out, and then they start over? Isn't that weird? I don't get that. Sport. I yeah, why not? But why... I mean, this is the obvious question. Why not just continue the you know, pause the game or whatever and continue it? Exactly. I, I mean, I've always thought that once the game starts, everything should count and it sure. should get finished some other time. Like there's, you know, Mark McGuire, I believe the year he hit 70 homers, had a home run rained out. There's a, like, there's a million of these. You can find them on baseball reference, lost home runs. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, it would be on Retrosheet. Recommend that highly. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a game, this was, I want to say, 2008. Orioles-White Sox game uh, got suspended in April, finished in, like, August. Uh, started in one city, ended in the other city. You know, like the guy who got the got the who was the winning pitcher that day uh, had never set foot in Chicago, something <laughs> like that. Ken Griffey Jr. reached base for two different teams in the same day. Yep, it's awesome. Only in baseball, right? It really is. Yeah, it's what makes yeah. it so great. Base continuum yes. is just. Never applies except in baseball. My my f- favorite thing possibly f- from uh, the Nats Yanks game on Monday, Jason, was this though the Bryce Harper thing. 
So he shaves, right? So I love the theory being floated that he that he subtly d- decided I'm going to shave to show the Yankees that I can sign with with them because I am willing to not have facial hair. I love I love today's sports where we actually try and come up with. He shaved not because his face was too hot, not to change his luck. He shaved so he could show the Yankees he'd be he'd be willing to be clean shaven to play with them in 2019. That's a loyalty, baby. I love it. <laughs> that, that's your favorite thing about that? I, th- I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Judge a it's, weird guy. It's such a you. it's such a Twitter thing. It's such a, you know why is Bryce yeah. Harper shaving so he can play yeah. for the Yankees? The Twitter narrative. Yes portion of American life now it just, just can't be beat. I, <laughs> I'm going to go with that. What, okay, what would be the most fun landing spot for baseball for Bryce Harper? What would what would be the most well, intriguing storyline or the thing that that gets that gets you hooked the most on that storyline? Well, I, I mean, if the Yankees were to run out Stanton, Judge, and Harper, my God, watch that. But I, 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 like I'm thinking that's not going to happen. And I, I, I can't really decide. Um, you know, Bryce brings his own plot lines. Just you know, they just sit in his backpack. Wherever he, wherever he unpacks it, there'll be plenty of intrigue. The Cubs would be mm-hmm. an amazing tale. Um, he, here's why I, I think that. Not just because of you know their team and their star power and all that, but I, I feel like. Bryce arrived in the big leagues full of personality. And all that's happened since is people trying to surgically remove that. And Joe Madden allows more personal freedom than any manager in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. And if Bryce in that environment, would he flourish in a way he's never flourished? Would he finally be one of those personalities that you see in the other sports, but that baseball doesn't seem to permit. I, I, I just think it would be an intriguing mix on all those levels, but probably won't happen. Yeah, it's on the Yankees front. It, it is actually pretty amazing. Has that been, as far as the uh, the clean shaven rule, has that been a thing for a hundred years? When or did that? I mean, I guess guys weren't growing full beards back in Bay Ruth's day, really. More of a more of a clean shaven or mustache look, but. Um, for, I, I, for that to still exist is pretty amazing. I believe this is a Steinbrenner family thing. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it applied pre-Steinbrenner, but I, I have to say I haven't really researched it. But the, Stein, the Steinbrenner portion of it has produced a lot of great tales through the years. Yeah. When did you shave the mustache? <laughs> oh, my God. Um <laughs> When the Steinbrenners called you, remember? Now, but people still ask about it. I mean, it was like, yeah, it was definitely, you definitely had a distinct look there for a while in your early ESPN days. It was, a mustache did, did look good on you, Jason. <laughs> man, man to man, I'm just being honest. I, I, yeah, you know, there's still people demanding that I bring it back, but the woman I'm married to is not one of those people. <laughs> and that's the, most, that's the most important thing, Jason Stark. I appreciate yeah, the that. Wife, the, the wife, the daughters, the mother-in-law, like, they were all... In the it's time for you to shave camp, and I have to admit, I just I crumbled under that pressure. I, I haven't uncrumbled. I don't blame you one bit. All right, we're gonna fire up some of your favorite music here. Yeah, and you're gonna stump us if you can with baseball trivia. Let's do it. Okay, I was thinking about Yadier Molina last night because he caught more games now for one team than any player in history. And how do you do that? 
you you just strap on those shin guards and you play your 100, 120, 140 games a year. Yeah. And that's what he's done. He's caught 100 games or more 13 years in a row. Jeez. All right, so let's look at the Twins' Crazy. last 50 years. Obviously, nobody's caught that many in a row. Right. Three Twins catchers have played 100 games or more at least five years in a row. Obviously, one of them is Maurer. But in the last 50 years, you want to take a shot at the other two? Okay. All right, so Maurer. Three twins, three twins catchers, 100 games or more. I'm just thinking about those Red Sox fans yelling at uh, Joe Maurer that he drinks wine coolers. You drink wine coolers, Maurer. Wine coolers. Jet blue. Um, so last 50 years, that's going to have to be your era in the in like the 70s there. Okay, what was Pruszynski's span, span like, Phil? AJ, AJ, I don't think was here long enough because AJ got called up in 98, but he was kind of a part-time player. Because um, in 98, they had like Chad Moeller and they had, it was a bunch of guys. Okay, so it wasn't, so it's not it wasn't AJ. long enough. I, I would say one of them would be Butch Weiniger. That's absolutely right. All right. And they were they they shuffled catchers in the mid nineties. Uh, Brian Earl. Harper, you'd have to tell me how long because I don't think it was. I don't think it was long enough. I don't think Harper was here. I, I think that was like Przinsky and the fact that he he could hit while he was here, but I don't think he was a catcher for that long here. Yeah, Earl Batty was their catcher in the sixties. I'm gonna guess Ryan Domit didn't make it quite that long. He just stared. <laughs> he just stared at you awkwardly while you ask him questions after games. Yeah. Um, no, his, he was an odd duck, Jason. You probably came across Ryan Domit. I, I was not expecting the uh, Ryan Domit. Ryan Domit, one time when I was covering an that beat, uh, and he dropped a pop-up hit up the phone booth that led to an eight-run inning. And, of course, I was the, the guy who asked the first question in the scrum and said, hey, Ryan, what, what, what happened on that play? And he stares at me and he says, what the bleep do you think happened? Um, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate your time. I'll quote you directly. Yeah. Um, What's your final guess? The only other one would be the only. Uh, this is I'm Tim Laudner. Tim Laudner in '87. That's a 80, good guess. Yeah. Tim Laudner. Let's go, Tim Laudner. No, you had it. It's Earl Batty, isn't it? Flip away with Brian Harper. Oh, Brian oh. Harper. Oh. I got one right. Oh. This was his games caught from '89. 93. And I, like, I admit, this one really surprised me, too. He was 101, 120, 119, Man. 133, oh. 134. Then he found other things to do. Darn it, he was a bunch of other positions. So yeah. I, that was a good, it was well reasoned, just wasn't right. He could swing it. He split time with Lenny Webster for a few <laughs> years there. Oh, I love Lenny Webster. Remember Lenny Webster? Oh, yeah, of course I remember Lenny Webster. <laughs> I, I really thought that AJ was going to be an answer. I thought Terry Steinbach was going to be an answer. Terry wasn't here that long, right? No, they cycled that through. Was a problem. Yeah, Terry really, you know, his his glory years were Oakland, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Bye. Yep. Oh, man. Great stuff, Jason. We'll talk next Thanks, week. Thanks, Jason. I enjoyed it, man. Thanks. All right. Bye. Jason Stark from theathletic.com slash MLB. That Soto stat was so such a Jason Stark stat. Yeah, how about Home that? Home run five, day, five days that came in, in a game that started May 15th, and he debuted on May 20th. Baseball's so weird. It makes it great. Uh-oh, Poland is coming back on Senegal here. 2-1 to one now. Senegal took a commanding 2 nothing lead, but that 2 nothing lead in soccer well, you know is how definitely tough that the most is. dangerous lead. You know that's the toughest lead in sports. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this TCL TV we're watching the World Cup on right now. It's 4K picture quality, which is four times the picture quality of your standard 1080p TV. 
And it's America's fastest growing TV brand for a reason. If you go in, I was actually I was going around uh, Target this weekend. If you go around any major local retailer in the Twin Cities, and you'll get to see for yourself, these TCL TVs, they pop. The P-Series specifically is getting rave reviews all across the Internet. So I recommend either stop in and just see for yourself inside of a major local retailer here, or if you do a search and, and search TCL TV reviews, whether it's CNET or USA Today's Wired, any platform you can think of, you're going to see you're going to see natural uh, p- customers like you and TV watchers and sports watchers like us uh, giving rave reviews. We're talking four thousand plus streaming channels and four hundred fifty thousand plus TV shows and movies. TCLUSA.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. There's a touch of madness around here. Mackey and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. 1500 ESPN has your chance to see Tag in theaters for one month every year. Five highly competitive friends hit the ground running in a no-holds-barred game of Tag. They've been playing since the first grade. This year, the game coincides with the wedding of the only undefeated player, hopefully making him an easy target, but he knows they're coming, and he's ready. Tag, it's in theaters now. Win your pass to see it on the 1500 ESPN stream player. I just fell into a rabbit hole on baseball reference after that segment with uh, with Jason. Regarding? Twins catchers in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, there were a lot of them in the 90s, weren't there? I mean... After Brian Harper and, like you mentioned, Lenny Webster. So there was Matt Walbeck, who I think we all remember. This is between like Brian Harper and A.J. Przinski. And Walbeck came from the Cubs where he had been a hot prospect, correct? Was he a hot prospect with the Cubs? I think he was a hot prospect with the Cubs. And I, I want to say he know. came, I, and I want to say he, because he, I remember watching him on WGN, and he came up and was a pretty big deal, and then I think he flamed up. If I'm not mistaken. Long time ago. Uh, they had, uh, man, like, there was a year, in, this might have been 2000. This might have been when Pierzynski was kind of up. Marcus Jensen, <laughs> Shad Moeller, Tom yep. Prince in 2001. Yeah, Tom Prince, who was like, 50 by the time he played here. Yeah. He played for Pittsburgh for uh, a few years. Derek Parks? Derek yeah. Parks was a catcher, Prospect. too? Yep. What was his deal? Was he a high draft pick? I don't know if he was a high draft pick, but by the time he got up here, I think he was a pretty well-known prospect, and I okay. believe that it didn't take long for him to be a complete bust. <laughs> uh, Danny Ardois. You guys remember Danny Ardois I remember the name. from 2000? I remember Great the name. name. Yeah. That dude caught 15 games in, in 2000. Damian, like a hockey player. Damian Miller, who went on to be, he was the starting catcher for the Diamondbacks who won the World Series in 01. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg Myers in 96-97. Former Blue Jay, I believe. Yeah, he might, might have gone on to the Blue Jays after that or something. He had some home runs with the Blue Jays. Uh, Junior Ortiz. Scott Erickson's catcher. Okay. He just was specialized he was, just to Scott Erickson. He was Scott's guy. In 91, at least, okay. I believe. Yep. Javier Valentin in yes. the late 1990s? Yes. God, this is a list. It's... They couldn't find a catcher. No, they couldn't. They couldn't find a catcher. No, they couldn't. And then they found A.J. Pierzynski and Joe Maurer. It was like a decade of they couldn't find a catcher. And then, and then obviously, Pierzynski and, and Maurer came along. Uh, and then the other name here on this list, this is just, I just did a search for guys who have caught at least five games in the 90s for the Twins. Um, Matt Marullo. I remember I Matt, want, Mar- or Matt I, Marillo, M-E-R-U-L-L-O, I, Matt Marullo. I seem to recall he might have had a connection to the White Sox at some point, too, but I'm not sure of that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, these guys all just... Man. 
That's amazing. After 92, so 91, they won the World Series. 92, they were really good. 93, I think they were competitive. 94, they fell off the table and then the strike hit. And after that, the rest of that decade is such a wash of crap. (laughs) I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It's just crap. It's garbage. Uh, Jeff Jeff Rebelay caught a game in there somewhere. I don't know if they like leaned on Kelly the third probably catcher. had to plug him in. I love the, I love the ni- injuries. There needs to be some sort of a thirty for thirty documentary on the nineteen nineties Twins. There's so many from, but after the World Series win, so from nineteen ninety two when they made the trade for uh, John, John Smiley, Smiley, and that was a good team. Yeah, yep, that was a they, very good team. And that so everything all the way through the Kirby Puckett stuff. You could the team actually, that could have been in nineteen ninety six, the lineup that could have been if you, Kirby Puckett had played. If you if you were to do that documentary, you could actually take the moment. I want to say the Twins were in Oakland when the strike hit. It was in August, I believe, and the Twins were playing the A's. And I remember that game coming to an end, and, and then it, it was announced that the strike was going to begin. You could take the documentary from that moment on yeah. and go through the rest of the 90s, and you would find just complete baseball chaos. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just awful. Basically, until they drafted Joe Maurer, number I mean, one overall, and then the I new mean, poor, era of Twins baseball. Poor Tom Kelly. Yeah. Poor Tom Kelly. Gosh. Yeah, all the way through the contraction twins. Yeah, so the nineteen ninety uh the strike shortened year of nineteen ninety three, right? That was the year that there 90, was no World Series. Ninety four. Or ninety four, I'm sorry. Ninety four was the year that there was no World yeah, Series. Yeah, and they weren't that good in ninety four either, but they weren't a disaster. Like they were just a few games below five. But they came back and it was all over. Yep. Let's uh, maybe you and I can start working on that documentary. We'll see if anyone wants to pick it up. Any right. production companies. Those poor twins <laughs> players who who would have to talk about that. Uh, Dave, what's coming up in questions here next? I want to get back into a little hockey discussion that you guys had earlier. And uh, get your lists out, boys, because the food items, the new ones for the Minnesota State Fair is out. I want to see where your eyes lie. Nice. Also, Matthew Collar will join us. And if you missed our reckless speculation about Timberwolves stuff with, with Doogie and the scoop, we'll do that again at 1232 Mackie and Judd. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. No, no, no I got no. you. Now. I need it now. Yes. I can't wait. Mackie and Judd. On 1500. 